next on Contemplate. And here's the thing. If you're in prison or if you're a prostitute or a murderer or a thief or a liar or a gossip or a glutton, if you've destroyed your family relationships, if you're a drunk or a workaholic or addicted to drugs or pornography, Jesus is the one who says that you are valuable. Jesus is the one who says that you are wanted, even though you're all those things. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington. And this is another Contemplate podcast. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Glad to have you listening as Pastor David brings us part five in our series, Who is Jesus? As we've all experienced, relationships come in all shapes and sizes, don't they? Some bring us joy, others great pain. Sometimes we're loved or appreciated, and sometimes we're rejected and hurt. And today on Contemplate, we'll learn about the one relationship that really changes everything. Here's Pastor David with today's lesson, recorded live at Axe Church. There are a couple ways that people look at the world. Really, I can divide sort of the philosophies and the ideas and the isms of the world into basically kind of two main ideas, right, that kind of start things out. One says that all human beings are valuable. That one's true. The other one says that no human beings are valuable, that human beings aren't really valuable, which is a lie, okay? But as we go through this, in this series, we're studying who is Jesus, Who is Jesus? And the answer to that question tells us the truth about our value. Tells us the truth about our value. And so many of us run around in fear because of the hurts that have been caused by other people, because of the hurts that we've caused other people. We've got this fear. We've got this shame. We're insecure. We're afraid of each other because we know the pain that we can cause one another. And we know that that painful experience of rejection that we've all had at one time or another. And so we chase after relationships sometimes where we'll be needed so we can feel valuable and have some security in that relationship. Because if we're needed, we can't be rejected. They need us. Some of us even play this game with God, right? We do kind of the right thing. And we give money to the church, and we get up, and we come to the church, and we volunteer here or there. We do these things, and we start to think somehow that our value is based on the things that we do for God. I mean, what would God do without us, right? But here's something that you need to know about who Jesus is, and this is kind of the thing you need to take home today. Jesus doesn't need you, but he wants you. Jesus does not need you. But he wants you. Listen, Acts 17, 24 to 25, it says, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands, as though he needed anything. Since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. God does not need you. Jesus does not need you. And for some people that comes kind of as a shock because they've never really thought about it before. And for some people that probably comes as a major relief. And it ought to be that second thing. It ought to be a major relief. If you had a friend who came to you every day and knocked on your door in the morning and said to you, make me happy, give me joy, how long could you stand to be in that relationship? How long could you stand the pressure 
of that relationship. If anyone truly, I want you to think about this, if any other person truly, truly needed you, you could not stand the pressure of being truly needed. Even those who seem to need you, right? Like we have babies, they're very small. They need us at some level. We got to feed them. We got to do whatever. But even those, you have to realize that you can't possibly meet any of their real needs without you yourself needing and relying on God. And so it's really him who's providing those for them. See, you can't measure up to what people want from you. You can never find your value that way. Never. Now, here's the beautiful truth. Jesus loves you. God loves you. Not because he needs you. He doesn't need you. He wants you. He desires a relationship with you. In John 3, you know these verses, hopefully, 3, 16, and 17, it says, For God so loved the world. God, God did not so love the world because he needed affection. He needed worship. Oh, what was he going to do without us? It doesn't say that. It says, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That everlasting life is to be spent in relationship with him. God wants you. He wants to be in relationship with you. And this is an astonishing truth about who Jesus is. It is incredible that God who made the world through his son loves us, wants us, wants a relationship with us, and yet does not need us at all. The truth is that there's only one who could possibly bear the weight of truly being needed, and that's God. He's the only one who could possibly bear the weight of truly being needed. Jesus doesn't need you, but you need him. You need him. Psalm 40, 17, it says, But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Nothing. We can't do anything without God. We rely on him for our every breath. But with Jesus Christ, we can do all things. Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The greatest commandments are to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? But here's the thing. We could never do that second commandment, loving our neighbor as ourselves, if we didn't do the first one. If we didn't go to God for the needs, we could never love our neighbor like we're supposed to or do anything else. We wouldn't have the ability. We wouldn't have the power. We need Jesus. We need Jesus in order to love our neighbor, in order to do anything. We need Jesus for everything, and God gives us everything we need. Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Some of you in this room today are probably still believing some form of the lie that human beings don't really have value. There's a lot of people who will say that to you these days. There's a lot of people who will say, essentially everything is an accident. There's no God. There's no whatever. You're basically a walking meat sack. You don't have any value. You don't have any purpose. You, you know, and, and, that, and that gets into us and causes an effect. And some of us, I think, are still believing that. And then others have based their value on things that have nothing to do with what their value is. 
And if you watch uh, a television show today, uh, you'll find that people are, are constantly telling us that our value is in things other than what our value is really in. And so some of us still believe part of this lie that either we're not valuable at all as humans, or at least we have a hard time seeing our own value. Some of you still measure your value by how much you're needed. But if you're needed in that way, okay, if, you're needed, if your value isn't being needed, then you're just a means to an end to fulfill someone else's need. Right? Rather than being an end in yourself, okay? Rather than being valuable in yourself, if your only value isn't being needed, then you're only then then you're just a means, you're just a tool, right? There's nothing more than that. So we're asking, who is Jesus? And I have to say, where do you think the truth comes from? Because certainly there are those who say that human beings have value. It's written into the Declaration of Independence, although not always followed. Well, it's written into a lot of things that, oh, you know, we have this value, we have whatever. Where do you think that comes from? All of this comes from Jesus. When we ask who is Jesus, this idea that human beings are valuable, it comes from Jesus. And here's the thing. If you're in prison or if you're a prostitute or a murderer or a thief or a liar or a gossip or a glutton, if you've destroyed your family relationships, if you're a drunk or a workaholic or addicted to drugs or pornography, Jesus is the one who says that you are valuable. Jesus is the one who says that you are wanted, even though you're all those things. Jesus is the one who not only speaks against the lie that you don't have value, but proved, proved that you had value through his actions. Because he did something amazing as God. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Romans 8, 31 to 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus proved that he loves you, that he wants you. He is God. He didn't have to come down and live like a human and be a human being. He most certainly didn't deserve to or have to die for your sin. He did all of this because he loves you, because he wants you. And then he rose again, defeating everything that could ever stand in the way of us being with him. And unlike the people in this world who are unpredictable and undependable in their wants and their likes, Jesus will never stop loving you, and he will never stop wanting you. Romans 8, 38 through 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Some of us have heard this before. God loves you. Jesus loves you. Some of us know this and yet we still walk through life living this spectacle where we fall on one side or another of this need cycle, right? 
We misplace our only need, which is our need for God in Jesus Christ, and we trade it for one of two things, either by being needed by others, by looking to be needed by other people, right? Or by, by needing others, by being a person who's constantly needing others to feel our own value. For those of us who find our value and worth in being needed by others, I just want to ask, how is that working out? How is that working out based on your value on being needed by others? And, and answer this, can you give life? Can you truly fulfill the needs of other people? Because you would have to be God to do that. So that game, that part of that need cycle, needing to be needed by others, is going to end very badly for you. And if that's your kind of temptation, you probably already know that. And for those of us who are looking to other people for our needs, how's that working out? Have other people been able to provide for your inmost needs? Have they been able to give us life? No. Only God can do that. For those of us addicted to being needed, stop trying to be what you're not and stop trying to give what you have never had to give. And for those of us looking to others for our needs, stop trying to take from people what only God has to give. Don't look to put other people in the place of the one true God, and don't look to put yourself in the place of the one true God. Listen, there is only one need relationship. This is important. There is only one need relationship that exists, and that is our need for God. Our need for God, period. That's the need relationship. And that need goes one way, right? God doesn't need us, nor does he need to be needed by us. He just loves us and wants relationship with us. But we need him. And every other relationship we have, if it's healthy and not caught somewhere in this need cycle that we we're just talking about, every other relationship is built on our relationship with God, our need relationship with God. And all those relationships should be relationships based on the joy of the love we have in Christ. The love of Christ should compel us to love those who he loves, not to try to replace him with them or to be him to them. Just love them and want relationship with them. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. See, none of the things listed here about love have anything to do with neediness. Nothing. Nothing. We do need Jesus Christ, but here's the thing. Like he wants us, we should want him too. Not just need him, but want him too because he is awesome. Awesome. 1 John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us, he loves us, and we love him out of a response to his love for us. We don't just need him, we love him, we want him. We all need him, but we all need salvation, okay? That is to say we all need forgiveness for our sins and the peace and the grace that Jesus offers us. We could have everything else in the world and it would not fulfill our needs. Everything else in the world Mark 8, 36, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? 
Jesus fulfills our needs without needing us. And here is another truth for you to rest in this morning in case you're wondering, in case you're struggling with this. You're enough. You are enough. He wants you. You. Every single person here, he wants you. Not some future version of you where you get your entire zoo of a life in order, okay? That's not who he wants. He wants you right here, right now, today. He's not asking you to measure up because he doesn't need you. Do you see how that works? You don't have to measure up to some standard because he doesn't need you. He just wants you. And because he loves you, he's building you up. He's building you up. And how do you know as we think about, is God building me up? Is God building me up? How do we know? I can tell you how you'll know. Because it hurts. Because it hurts. It's painful. C.S. Lewis said this, We are not metaphorically, but in very truth, a divine work of art. Something that God is making and therefore something with which he will not be satisfied until it has a certain character. Here again we come up against what I have called the intolerable compliment. Over a sketch made idly to amuse a child, an artist may not take much trouble. He may be content to let it go even though it is not exactly what he meant it to be. But over the great picture of his life, the work which he loves, though in a different fashion, as intensely as a man loves a woman or a mother or a child, he will take endless trouble and would doubtless thereby give endless trouble to the picture if it were sentient. One could imagine a sentient picture after being rubbed and scraped and recommenced for the tenth time, wishing that it were only a thumbnail sketch whose making was over in a minute. In the same way, it is natural for us to wish that God had designed us for a less glorious and less arduous destiny. But then we are wishing not for more love, but for less. You, listen, because some of you need to hear this. You are his masterpiece. You are his great work. That's how he thinks about you. I normally like long, uh, complicated arguments in, in sermons with lots of history and philosophy, as many of you know. But when we're studying who is Jesus, I have to tell you the very simple truth that we've been talking about today. This is so fundamental to understanding who God is and to living your life, is that Jesus doesn't need you, but he wants you. Don't you see that it is the great desire of your life? to be wanted, but not because you're needed? If you look into your heart and you ask yourself, what, what am I always really, really searching for? What is that thing that Jesus fulfills that you're to be wanted without being needed? That you're to be wanted not because you fulfill some purpose for someone else, not for any reason other than the fact that you are you. And this is what Jesus models for us. And he modeled it unto death and resurrection. He shows us not to look at the person next to us for our value. Oh, if my kid didn't need me, I don't know what my worth would be. If my wife didn't need me, I don't know what my worth would be. If my, if my husband didn't need me, if the, if the team didn't need me, if my job didn't need me, I don't know what my value would be. And he says, step out of that nonsense. Because all of our value comes from him. That we need to look to him 
because he's shown us very clearly what our value is, that he wants us and desires us, and that we're his great masterpiece, and he doesn't even need us at all. He just loves us. There's a song. We used to sing a classic song when I was in church called Jesus Loves Me. Some of you probably know that song, you know, Jesus loves me. I'm not going to sing the whole thing. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And it seems so kind of cheesy now when you think about this song that they sing in little kids' church, and yet it is actually and actively very powerful in its truth. And its truth cuts to the heart of so much of our dysfunction as people. We forget the truth of this little song. And we start to think that we need love from other places, that we can somehow replace God with with love from other sources, with needing other sources or being needed by other sources. And we need to go back to Children's Church and remember that Jesus loves us for the Bible tells us so. And if Jesus loves you and the Bible says he does, then there is nothing else that you need. And it's arrogance and foolishness to think that you could be something that is needed. This truth, understanding the everlasting love of Jesus Christ, should make you want to live for Jesus. It should compel you to love Jesus. It should make you want to live for him, to die for him, to follow him every day and in every way. This truth helps us to understand that everything has to be about Jesus and not about anyone else or any thing else. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. No matter what your story is, no matter what your past is, no matter how you have failed or how anyone has failed you, Jesus still wants you. Jesus wants you. Listen to this, John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. God chose us. God chose you. God has called you into this place this morning or listening online or hearing on the the podcast channel or whatever this happens to be because he wants you. And he desires relationship with you. And he wants you to experience peace and salvation and forgiveness and grace and transformation. Today, by choosing to follow him. The biggest desire of our hearts is to be loved unconditionally. That we could be completely vulnerable and completely known and still completely loved. Only God, who made us, could ever completely know us in that way. Could ever know everything, every thought, every action. And he loves us unconditionally. He knows every thought and every motive and every action that you have ever had. And he still loves you. Our biggest desire, the one thing that we really need satisfied, cannot be satisfied in the things of this fallen world. We can never get this thing, this this deepest desire, this relationship of love, this relationship of love where we need God, but he doesn't need us, where he loves us, where he wants us, where he just desires us. We can never get that from people and from things in this fallen world. 
It can only be satisfied by God in Jesus Christ. We are made for relationship with God. If we truly search our hearts, we will find that without that relationship, without that one where we're not needed but we're wanted, where we're desired, where the relationship is desired, where God knows us, everything about us, where there's nothing that can come, no other shoe to drop, no, if they ever found out about this, if they ever knew about this, they'd stop wanting me, they'd stop needing me. God knows it all and says, I still want you and I still need you. And without that relationship, we could never have joy. So who is Jesus? He's the one who came to give us what we need because he was the only one who could. That was Pastor David Robinson with Part 5 of Who is Jesus? And this is Contemplate. You know, no matter how the world may have chewed you up and spit you out, Jesus loves you. And no matter how relationships have failed and hurt and beat you up, Jesus wants to meet the deepest needs of your heart. Simply come to him and find life. And if we can help, there's a great big family here at Axe Church in Camas, Washington, that would love nothing more than to help you find peace and hope and love in Christ. Here's Pastor David. Thanks, Ron. If you're looking for a church home, let me invite you to check out Axe Church in Camas, Washington. We have a great group of folks here who love to worship Jesus and to love each other. Come see us this Sunday. Find all the info you need online at axcamus.org. That's axcamus.org. Or call us at 360-885-9000. That's 360-885-9000. We'd love to see you this Sunday. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Great to have you listening today. And I hope you'll check out the next podcast where we'll learn more about who Jesus is from the story of Nicodemus. That's right here with Pastor David Robinson on Contemplate.